We are live, folks. Welcome back to Sports and Stutters. Uh, you know who it is. We got Parker, Nate, and Joe here back for our fourth episode. We got Joe joining us for his second after uh, uh, it was a pretty good trial. What do you think, Nate? He didn't do too bad uh, his first go around. He was passable. He he probably he was probably better than I was. So. Well, hey, that's not that doesn't take too much to do. Uh, how'd you find it, Joe? That's a pretty low bar, eh? You know, uh, honestly, I was kind of disappointed Joe Rogan didn't. He kind of uh, left me hanging at the end there, but um, I'm I'm glad you guys welcomed me back for another episode. So we'll see how uh, see how this one goes. I mean, we didn't really have much other options. You're kind of like our last choice, so uh, we appreciate <laughs> you stepping in in a role that didn't have too much competition. But we'll just roll with it anyways. But we appreciate you coming back for episode number four. We got some some interesting news to talk about with the NFL and the, the championship games that just occurred on the weekend. We're going to go over our Northern Division in the NHL like we do every week. Talk about some big trade rumors. But other than that, uh, we're stoked to have you along for the ride. Shout out to all of our friends in West Bengal, India. I don't know where that came from. We love to see it. It's great to see some diversity in our listeners. Uh, Mr. Worldwide is what they're going to call us from here on out. And Sports and Stutters is just excited for uh, this journey to keep going. We hope it hope you enjoy the ride. But we're going to get right into it. We're going to start off with our conference championships in the NFL. We're going to start off with the AFC Conference Championship. We had our Bills. We had our Chiefs. Score is about 38-24. Uh, what did you guys think about the game? Watching the game, Kansas City, basically they dominated the whole game uh, after going down 9 nothing, And uh, very similar to their game last year against Houston. Quick story with that. My dad and I were watching it last week, last year, sorry, and um, we we bought our tickets to go down to Houston because that's where my sister lives. And then next thing you know, we're we're out 500 bucks. So I'm out another 250 because I bought plane tickets to Tampa Bay to watch Buffalo, and you know, kind of disappointed with that. But um, other than that, you know, Kansas City, like I said, they dominated the whole game. Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey combined for 21 catches, over 200 yards receiving. And uh, Mahomes, you know, this guy's a baller. Almost 400 yards passing and three touchdowns against a solid Buffalo defense. Uh, meanwhile, for Josh Allen, I think this guy, he's going to be spending a long offseason jumping through tables and focusing on his pass accuracy. That's what I would do if I was Josh Allen at this point. But, you know, he's got a lot of potential. Uh, shout out to Cole Beasley. Best stat line of the day, 88 yards and a broken fibula. So, <laughs> you know, that guy's a pure grinder. Small small white receiver in the slot. Takes a beating. Almost a 1,000-yard season. And uh, it was a dagger to see the uh, Bills lose. But I don't know about you guys, but that brawl towards the end of the game, something about brawls, whether it's hockey, football, tennis, sometimes ping pong you know it really gets the blood boiling it makes me just want to fight i don't know about you guys i don't know what do you guys think this is this is why you're on this podcast and not uh not in the nfl having brawls right now joe <laughs> <laughs> and i'm glad we got your uh, little life story there with your analysis of the game i wasn't expecting that hey i gotta i gotta start off with some wholesome wholesome content yeah, clearly. No, it was, a, it, was a, it was a pretty good game. I obviously picked the Bills. I wanted to the upset. I knew deep down Chiefs were going to pull it out. Uh, they just have a better team. But I was hoping for the Bills to come on top. They didn't. That Kansas City offense is, is just too good. Joe highlighted, you got Travis Kelsey, you got Tyree Kill. They're just monsters. 
put together. The the stats they had in that game combined was just ridiculous. It was a nightmare for a Bills defense that in most books was actually pretty decent. They have good cornerbacks. They have they have a decent interior as well. Kansas City doesn't really have a run game, so that was kind of irrelevant. But they completely towards Buffalo secondary and it wasn't I don't even think the Bills were ever really in this game even when they were up nine nothing everyone knows how the Chiefs are when they're down in games and it it, it just showed once again how how powerful that offense is I went 0-2 this week but caveat had been if Mahomes is out so I'm going to count that as a bit of a wash like he, he cleared concussion protocol in five days yeah, I want to see what these concussion protocols are. Is it just like, uh, can you color inside the lines in like a coloring book? Or seriously, like, what is this? Like, the yeah. fact he bounced back that quick is ridiculous. Yeah, I'm not confident that he isn't concussed, but didn't hurt his arm, eh? No, clearly not. I think Joe could pass the concussion test protocols. I, I've taken eight in my life. I've failed them all. And uh, <laughs> I've, never ha- I've never had a concussion. So maybe that's... Uh, that- that's a sign of something. I don't know. Yeah, you're failing without a concussion. This whole week, what was the Bills like looked off? They were passive. They weren't aggressive in any way, play calling or play. And like, I don't know what happened to him because he had all this promise and then just nothing to show for it, right? Yeah, and like Josh Allen was considered one of them or candidates for the MVP award. Like he did, he definitely did not look like one. I don't know about what you guys saw, but he. He definitely proved that he does not belong in that conversation, at least right now, for one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. It is only his his junior year, so he will come along. But, yeah, he needs a bit of work, especially in clutch moments. Yeah, for sure. Like that, There was definitely moments there where the game was still kind of in contention. That's where you're looking for a big player like Josh Allen to step up and keep you keep you in the game, and unfortunately couldn't do it. That defense really couldn't do it either. They didn't they didn't do their part of the bargain by stopping uh, that KC offense, but really all defense struggled to shut down that offense, and it's going to be something to definitely keep an eye on when we talk about the, the Super Bowl. But we got KC moving on the AFC. They're the champs. They're back-to-back years. They're going on in the Super Bowl, and that leads us to, to talk about who their opponent is. And this is... One I love once again, back-to-back weeks. You can't bet against Brady. You think Nate would have learned by now. But we know what happened. The Bucks go on their third road game. They go into to Lambeau Field. They're going against most likely the MVP this season, the number one seed in the NFC. And what does Brady and the Bucks do? They beat them 31-26. to Yeah, so the story of this game, uh, no one really dominated. You know, Tampa Bay kind of scored a, a quick touchdown to end the half and honestly as the de- as a defensive back i would have been straight up pissed at my defensive coordinator for putting me in man-to-man coverage <laughs> with nine seconds left you know like i don't know what they're thinking putting kevin king on scotty miller who's a who's a quick um he's a smaller guy but he's a quick slot guy and he burnt him for a touchdown that ultimately gave Tampa Bay a ton of momentum going into the second half. So that was that was the first poor decision uh, Green Bay's behalf. But um, Brady, he's looking old, but he's still the GOAT. He Three touchdowns, three picks. Looking awfully like Jameis Winston from last year. <laughs> but, you know, the guy knows how to win. And that's what you need in the playoffs. You don't need to carry the team. You don't need to put the team on your back. You... You got to go at least 500 and touchdown to interception ratio. And that's what he did. So, you know, pretty, pretty impressive for a 43 year old guy who uh, eats kale for breakfast. So what I've heard. Yeah, it was definitely, definitely tail two halves for sure. Some questionable calls on Green Bay's part. That that Tampa Bay offense looked like it was rolling that first half. Brady threw 
Two touchdowns. Leonard Fournette was running it hard. It looked like it was going to be a blowout. Joe and I were texting mid-game. We thought that was going to be the case, and it was 21-10. to, to 10. And then Green Bay came to play in the second half. But uh, I think the good story of this as well, as much as that secondary was banged up, they were not playing well. That interior of Tampa Bay's defense definitely kept them in that game. They got some studs at linebacker, some studs on that D-line who, who made it tough for Aaron Rodgers. They made it tough for the guy who is probably unanimously the MVP this year. They made him look like he he couldn't win a game. Rodgers is now 1-4 in the in the NFC Conference Championship, and it's just uh, another mark on his leg- legacy, unfortunately. Some questionable coaching definitely had a major, major role in that loss on the weekend, but you, you just can't bet against the GOAT. Brady didn't have a great second half. A couple, uh, one of the, at least one of the picks were were on Mike Evans, on Mike Evans' conscious. But uh, Green Bay just couldn't finish. They couldn't capitalize on the poor play. I don't think that. I think they got what like six points off of the three interceptions. Like that's just not good enough uh, to beat a, a Tampa Bay team led by Tom Brady. And I think I think it's pretty great to see the culture that he's brought to Tampa Bay, a seven and nine team last year, uh, now leading them to the Super Bowl. It's uh, it's pretty crazy. What was that play calling? That was horrific. You're down by eight points and have how long? What? Three minutes? Two minutes left? And you kick a minutes. field goal? Are you kidding me? Like, what are you doing? That was a, that was a coward's decision if I've ever seen one. Hiving, <laughs> he ball back to Tom Brady at his 25 and, and all he, he has to do is get a first down. What are you doing? That is on the coach and just an awful decision. Yeah, 100%. Like, I, if you got to put some weight to it on, on some scale, the coaching definitely takes the majority of it. But there was definitely some sus things in that second half with Aaron Rodgers. For one, he definitely he should have ran the ball. He probably could have scored a touchdown before they decided to kick the field goal. And second, you could kind of tell in that, in that second half when the defense was making him uncomfortable, he was constantly looking at Devontae Adams. Don't get me wrong. Devontae Adams is arguably the best receiver in the NFL. But when you have guys who are open who can also make plays and get the first downs, it's kind of easy to shut down no matter how great of a quarterback you are when you're one-dimensional and only throwing to the one guy. And it definitely showed in that second half because the rest of the receivers were open and they could have made plays. But he, yeah. he definitely got that tunnel vision when the when the D-line and linebackers were putting that pressure on him. Even in his second quarter, he first and goal inside the the eight-yard line and three straight incompletions to, to Devontae Adams. He, he had Adam Lazard open in the end zone. It just had he tunnel vision. It was just a bad game, but his Bucks defensive ends played out of their mind. Jason Pierre-Paul and Shaquille Barrett just making Aaron Rodgers uncomfortable that entire game, and that is absolutely key. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to pump my own tires up, but I. Uh... <laughs> I, I kind of called it last week with the uh, with the throwback to last year's uh, two matchups against the 49ers, you know? You did. You did. Um, it, obviously, it wasn't a blowout. Uh, I didn't think it was going to be a blowout, but, um, you know, my expert analysis really, <laughs> really told the tale this week. Aaron Rodgers does not play well when he's uncomfortable. He plays well with a lead. Um, oh, I, so, I don't know if... If that's fair, he's the Hail Mary King, right? Like that's his Hail Mary, his whole Hail thing. Hail Mary has nothing to do with him being one in four in uh, NFC Championship games. So yeah, fair, Brady's got fair. as many NFC I'll Championships as him. <laughs> and him, Brady, him and Breeze. Yeah, yeah. So they have what thirty years, thirty four years of uh, experience in the NFC, and Brady has one. <laughs> you know? Oh my! ESPN, gosh. I'm I'm waiting for you to call me. Because I'm filled with hot takes. And your quarterback 
so no one listens to you anyway. Hey, that's not even a hot take though, Joe. Like it's he's essentially like the LeBron James of the NFL. He leaves a conference that AFC has been historically known to be a little bit weaker. It's it's definitely had to come up over these last couple of years with with Buffalo playing well. KC's been dominant for sure. He leaves the AFC, goes to the NFC, leads his team to the Super Bowl in his first year, and has just as many conference championships as two without a doubt Hall of Famers in Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees, who seem to struggle in these big moments. Like we said, we got Aaron Rodgers, who's one and four. So. I don't know. I don't know how many times you got to tell Nate. You just can't bet against the GOAT. He's proved it against Breeze, and now he's proved it against Aaron Rodgers. It's just, I don't know. That winning culture, no matter how bad Brady plays, that winning culture he brings to his teams is just undeniable. And it's something, I don't know, it's something maybe Aaron Rodgers and Drew Breeze could have learned from because they clearly struggle in those big-time moments. So Honestly, for me, throughout the whole game, watching the game, uh, the moment of the game, I'd say, was uh, actually at the end when Tom Brady... Uh, heartwarming moment really <laughs> really just filled my stomach with joy and he, he ran to the side ran to, out to the bleachers and he uh he's like can i see my son and he goes and he just gives his his son a big wet smooch right on the lips so <laughs> oh my god we, we, fucking we, weird okay. dude, eh? <laughs> we all joe, know how much tom brady loves to kiss his son on the lips so. joe my my highlight of the game was uh was that uh, jackson mahomes is a uh, TikTok dances during halftime for the KC game. That was the moment of the, of the championship weekend for me. His TikTok dances are superior. <laughs> Is that like his alternate twin? Maybe maybe Jackson Mahomes was actually the one who got the concussion. Ah, uh, Jackson you Mahomes know? is Mahomes' oh, like 16-year-old brother. I, I don't know, man. I think NFL conspiracy cloning? Mm, I don't know. Okay, now Joe's hot takes are just becoming dumb takes. We'll move on. Conspiracy we'll move takes. On conspiracy he is a cornerback well, yeah he's a cornerback he's taking a couple of licks to the head it and a part-time part-time kicker part don't disrespect kicker. the part-time kicking gig <laughs> well those are our two championship games so we know the super bowl is going to be we got kc we got tampa bay well what are what are we thinking here who, who do you think is going to walk away what's our breakdown of this game i think the biggest the biggest thing to watch in this game is tampa bay's pass rush against kansas city's battered o-line um you know Eric Fisher left the game, uh, ruptured his Achilles. You know, feel feel sorry for the guy. And it's still up in the air whether Mitchell Schwartz, their right tackle, is going to play. So if those two guys are out, I think that's going to really hurt Kansas City. But Andy Reid and his uh, ability to use the weapons that he has at his disposal, um, you can't you can't really count them out. But um, I think that's the biggest matchup to look at. The other one I'd say is Kansas City's receivers against Tampa Bay's questionable secondary. Um, I think Tyreek Hill has a chance to really, really feed on Jamel Dean and uh, the other guy who Sean Murphy was, Bunting. Yeah, yeah, probably working at Walmart two weeks ago. <laughs> um, but that's their that's their biggest defensive weakness. So. Uh, Tampa Bay's pass rush against Kansas City's O-line and Kansas City's receivers against Tampa Bay's secondary. I think it'll be a, a high, relatively high-scoring game. I think I, I haven't bet against Tom Brady this postseason, uh, but I'm, it's paid off. It's paid off. Let me remind I'm, you. I'm, it is paid and I'm off. not gonna I'm not gonna break the streak. There um, we go. I'm gonna say Tampa Bay 34, Kansas City 30. Damn. Yeah, definitely. We know defense is not gonna be. 
something to look for in this in this game. Uh, I will as much as Tampa Bay's defense is sus, especially their secondary. Like we talked about, their interior interior is great, and I think they will will have some sort of an impact. Hopefully, KC gets both or Tampa Bay gets both of their safeties back too. But uh, let's be real, it's not gonna we're not coming to watch the Super Bowl like it was New England and the Rams a couple of years ago, thirteen to three or whatever the garbage <laughs> score was. But definitely the keys to this game for sure. If we're looking on the Tampa Bay side. They got to be able to shut down at least Hill or Kelsey. It needs to be one of them. There's no way they're going to handle both. It's just they don't have the personnel to do that. And they just don't have the capabilities as a whole to shut down two of the top weapons in the NFL. But I think if they can at least make it difficult for one of them, they need to hold Hill under that 200-yard mark like he hit last time when they played. Um, but other than that, I'm, I'm kind of on the same lines as Joe. I think it's going to be a good shootout. I think Brady, he, he plays big in the big moments. I think he's going to do what he needs to do. I think that that Tampa Bay rush, that interior is going to make Mahomes uncomfortable, especially if that O-line is hurt, like Joe said. Um, I think it's going to be close, but um, I'm definitely leaning towards Tampa Bay. You can't bet against Brady. He's proved it time and time again. His 10th Super Bowl He's going for number seven. It's just, it's hard to bet against the guy who, who's who been in the Super Bowl since I've been alive, technically. Yeah. Um, um, Tampa Bay's secondary is irrelevant. They have no chance. Their only shot is if he pass rush can make Mahomes uncomfortable, which is a big if because he is, he's fast. He's, he's agile. He can do anything. So their, their only chance is a big pass rush. With that being said, Casey's defense isn't anything special either. So I'm going to count on a lot of touchdowns in this game. I don't know which quarterback to bet on because Tom Brady is is undoubtedly best of all time. However, Mahomes is number one now. So I'm going to do it oh, one more time. I'm going to go stupid. Kansas City 42, Tampa Bay 39. You're dumb. You're dumb. When are you going to learn, man? <laughs> when are you going to learn? You're riding too high on Drew I will Brees never learn. Details. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> clearly. That's why Drew Brees has won Super Bowl in his whole career. Um, 12 conks, man. I never learned. Yeah. Clearly, I got yeah. It's I, I got a few uh, few betting uh, questions for you fellas. Okay, here we go. All right, so are you guys just uh, for our over? listeners out there, Joe is uh, actually a gambling addict. Uh, we just want to preface that we we don't support <laughs> him in these endeavors, but uh, we will we will entertain his uh, his little uh, spectacle here. <laughs> actually, I'm not an addict. I uh, <laughs> that's what addicts that's what they all say. Yeah, I'm not an addict. I swear to God, guys. Jesus. Yeah, Joe's just in debt for the rest of his I'm life. Only, I'm only 80 grand in debt. God. Yeah, okay, so um, despite despite my so-called quote-unquote gambling addict addiction, <laughs> sorry. Are you guys going to take the over or under on, uh, we'll say, three and a half Jackson Mahomes TikToks during the Super Bowl? Oh my gosh, Joe. Well, I don't know, man. He he pumps him out pretty hard there. I'm I'm definitely taking over. I think he's getting us us at least four TikTok dances. Okay. And uh, do you guys will we're gonna do a little prop bet here? Will Tom Brady kiss his son on the lips? If he wins, yes, clearly. Like he's a weird dude, man. Tom Brady's <laughs> weird. <laughs> he I would take know. any I, opportunity I, to plop a wet one on his son's lips. I I like his style. You know, he's just <laughs> this cool vegan dude. Lives in Tampa Bay, probably drives a moped. Yeah, aside from Joe's gambling addiction, he's also a predator. So please keep your kids (laughs) away from any local parks. Hodge kids. In India or Canada, wherever you're listening from, keep your kids at home away from Joe. (laughs) No, but for real, the gambling talks, I think what? They they have Kansas City as 
three three point favorites and then they have to spread in points at like 57 and a half or something like that joe i don't know if you know that off off the top of your head but they're definitely expecting it to be a high scoring game i think that kind of i think the favorite can kind of go back and forth between the two at uh at three points because i'm not really sure it's going to be a close game so i think it goes really either way in that betting world but i definitely wouldn't be afraid to take the spread in points i definitely think there's going to be more than 37 or 57 points total in this oh game. yeah at least 50 a low over under um but money line has buccaneers at um plus 140 so i would take that bet easily man because it's gonna be close yeah i'm not i'm not a betting man but if i had to bet i would bet that joe is going to lose a lot of money this weekend so we will see <laughs> or two weeks from now so we'll see what happens um but that's our pick so joe and i were rocking with the good old tom brady nate once again for what the third week in a row is going against tom brady so we'll see how that plays out for that man as well uh, it's probably going to play out the same way Drew Brees' playoff career went uh, these last oh, couple of years, which okay. were all in L's. So I guess we'll see. Too soon. Um, but we are gonna we're gonna take a little bit of backtrack here before Joe graced us with his presence before we turned down the Joe Rogan podcast and decided to join this beauty of a podcast with our 86 total listeners to date. Nate and I did a little bit of a prediction of the NFL awards. They're going to be coming up here uh, before the Super Bowl, so they're 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 a big uh, big talking point, and we kind of want to get Joe's perspective here. So, Joe, what are how are you seeing these NFL awards playing out? Because there's some there's some good competition for all of them for sure. So, uh, where do you got them uh, going to that night? Uh, so for MVP, I'm going to go with Mr. A.A. Ron Rogers. The uh, career year in touchdowns, like 48 to five, is just like that. That doesn't happen. So I think he's pretty unanimous, um, especially considering they drafted a quarterback. <laughs> I think that 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 quarterback Jordan Love, I think he uh, he added a little extra motivation, kind of kind of threatened him a little bit, and uh, how he came out with a career year and a loss in the NFC Championship. So what more can you ask for? Yeah, he's definitely consistent um, in his NFC Championships. That's for sure. Yeah, honestly, like <laughs> I would want a quarterback like him consistently loses. <laughs> hey just like drew Brees too oh highlighting highlighting <laughs> consistency exactly yes. like drew Brees, man <laughs> this guy breaks a bone every time he throws past 15 yards <laughs> all right who are, you, who are you taking for offensive player of the year you know i gotta go derrick henry boy, like, my man I, I i like to call him dh2k i'm currently waiting on the trademark so oh my gosh. who who knows maybe Maybe we'll be making fat stacks here, boys. I don't know. Um, but he's one of seven. He's the seventh player, actually, to rush for over 2,000 yards in a season and, like, 17 touchdowns. That's Yeah, he had 17 touchdowns, you know, that, that video game-like numbers. He's just – the guy has biceps that are bigger than my legs. Um, I'm not saying something. Joe has some pretty mean legs. He's got some goddamn tree trunks. I said, I said, I said my, uh, my legs. Yes, my legs. What, what am I talking Joe, about? Come on, my leg. <laughs> Sorry, I'm too busy. I'm busy thinking about my gambling addiction. God, Jesus. I'm, I, I currently have a bet right now on The Bachelor. You know. Yeah, Probably that's how hard he takes it. Sister, she's in a fantasy pool for The Bachelor. <laughs> yeah, Victoria's gonna win it all. How hey, that's what I got winning too. <laughs> how dare you both? I'm offended. We're gonna change our name to Sports and Bachelorettes. I would. I be, would mess. I would be okay with that. Yeah monthly segment bachelor all right joe continue we keep interrupting you we got derrick henry who's your defensive player of the year tj watt that's the yeah like base stats wise like pass rusher pass rusher is a is a pretty important role on defense 
That and I think uh, a shutdown corner are the two most important positions on defense. So I think I think TJ Watt's gonna win it. Uh, but you know, honorable mention goes to Jalen Ramsey. This guy's in uh, in a division with DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Debo Samuel, DK Metcalf, and he basically fathered DK the entire <laughs> season. So um, really? I think that's that's pretty pretty uh admirable on on Jalen's part I agree with your principle but it's Aaron Donald's as long as he's in the NFL so I respectfully say that you are you are dramatically wrong Joe and that's a bad take Nate you have had your turn to speak this is Joe's (laughs) segment not yours okay so this whole show is my segment my segment I'm the editor what are you gonna do to me Parker yeah, so folks, now that you know why our episodes are so poorly edited, you can blame me. Woof. Ouch. It's, it's why it's why India likes our uh, our podcast so much. Yeah. All right, Joe. So, okay, give us our give uh, us our rookies. Before I go, rookies. Aaron Donald's not winning it. Defensive player. T.J. Watt is. Yeah. End of story. End of story. End of story. Drops the mic. Drops the mic. Joe Rogan's giving me a call right now as we speak. What, you so, got some more garbage for you to take out or what? <laughs> you didn't get it all last week? No, he's like, Joe, I want, cool. I, want, I want hot takes. I want spicy, moist takes. Okay, that's And just that's gross. what I'm here for. I mean, I'm a man for the people and that's what I'm, I'm always ready. spicy and moist, boys. Let's go. Oh, oh my God. Hey, give us your rookie so we can move on from this. Okay, offensive rookie, uh, Justin Herbert. I think, you know, he wasn't, wasn't expected to uh to really start this season tyrod taylor who uh coincidentally has also launched the careers of josh allen uh baker mayfield (laughs) and there's one more guy that i cannot think of off the top of my head but he's launched what four careers now so um i think if if i have any advice for any team who's going to draft justin fields pick up tyrod taylor because he is the key to success for a rookie quarterback. Um, in terms of defensive rookie, this one, you know, Chase Young's probably going to win it. You could argue Jeremy Chin could go for it. You know, the guy had two fumble recoveries and two touchdowns in the same game, back-to-back plays. If that's not defensive rookie of the year material, then I'm a pineapple. Well, like, what I does mean, that mean? I like I'm a pineapple. Of... He weak, I could see, but... I'm a single game does not make player of the year, right? Oh, it it definitely does. That's how football <laughs> works. I'm a football player and I know football. Yeah, don't question him, Nate. Yeah, but you're a corner, so. Yeah, I also went really 0 for know. 2. I went 0 for 2 on field goals and <laughs> 2 for 2 on extra points. So, boy. Yeah, and I'm, what matters more? I think I have the authority to speak on football here, okay? <laughs> You do, you do. And that's why we asked you. That's why we let you speak your turn. Nate just really interrupted you, so we'll make sure he edits himself out of this whole episode when we're done. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Just rude. Joe, Joe's here giving us his time. It's his second episode of the of our season. And how, how do you show him some respect? You interrupt him, Nate. Get, get on our level, okay? I don't get up at 4 a.m. to shovel snow to get disrespected by you. <laughs> you know? It I'm defines here. who I am. I'm here for some spicy takes. That's who I am. They call me Joe. Spicy takes can't. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) We are going to end this horrific conversation there and take a well-deserved break because you probably don't want to listen to us very much longer, so you're going to need a little bit of a a rest from listening to Nate rudely interrupt Joe. 
When we return, we are going to be giving our breakdown of the Northern Division in the NHL. Talk about some big trade rumors and uh, trades that actually did occur over this last week. And we got a new segment. It's Joe's Spicy NHL Top 7 Power Rankings coming at you when we come back. Stay tuned, folks. Welcome back, folks. We appreciate you coming back after that break. I know it was tough to listen to to Nate's uh, Nate's uh, analysis back there. His NFL knowledge is a little bit suspect. And actually, while we were on break, if we're talking about Joe's gambling addiction, man, I think Nate's an alcoholic. I think I think he needs some help. We also could hear him going to the bathroom from our mic, so it was a little <laughs> little bit of weird over here, folks. It was kind of good that you took your break as well and you got to leave for a bit because Joe and I were just sitting back here just not sure what was really going on. Aside from Joe, our gambling addict, and Nate, our alcoholic, we got some big things to talk about with regards to the NHL, and it's time for Nate's analysis to shine. This is where he likes to to spew his amateur knowledge uh, the most. And uh, we're going to start off right away with the big trade news that happened over this last week. We kind of knew it was coming. We kind of could see it coming down the pipe, but Winnipeg, Columbus, big trade occurred. We got Winnipeg sending Patrick Laine and Jack Roslovic to the Columbus Blue Jackets in exchange for Pierre-Luc Dubois in a third round pick. We kind of knew this was coming. Pierre-Luc Dubois was not happy in Columbus. But uh, what are we thinking here, boys? How did this one play out? So to me, this trade is just, uh, just weird. Patrick Line asked for a trade as well sometime during the offseason here. So he's a 40 goal scorer, if not a 50 goal scorer. And he Blue Jackets just don't have anyone with that kind of offensive touch ever since Panarin left. So he fills an, an instant hole because that team desperately ha- had to get s- some offense. Jack Roslovic is a 23-year-old center who can probably be a number two on a good team in probably four years if he reaches his ceiling. Um, at this time, though, he's probably a number four on a decent team, but he's fast. He has hands, but not great in his own zone. A big piece, though, is obviously Patrick Line. He's a pure sniper. Issue is, he doesn't drive play well. He has to have a line who can get him a puck, because he can't um, do that on his own. He jets get Pierre-Luc Dubois, the third overall pick in the 2016 draft, um, to Line's number two pick. He's a big body guy. He He's a power forward who can who can hit, he he can skate, he can pass, he he, he can shoot, he, he can do everything. At this time, he's a number two guy probably. Um, he'll be on the Ehlers line with um, insert X name here. This trade doesn't really make sense to me. I get that both players weren't happy. Both players had to move, but to me, both teams got worse. He jets don't have any wingers now. They have Ehlers, Connor, and Wheeler, which is a, it's an excellent top line and a decent second line but that bottom six is going to be hurting man and also they didn't add on defense which has been a real problem this year because that blue line is weak at best he blue jackets added a scorer who can put up points on the power play easily but they have no centerman now it's max domi as their number one guy probably and that's a situation montreal had last year and that didn't work out great for him both teams got excellent players who who are cost controlled and RFAs in the near future, but like to me, both teams made weaknesses already worse. But if I was to pick a team who who won the trade, it's probably going to be Columbus. Um, just because Line has a forty goal touch, right? But I don't like this trade for either team really. 
Yeah, like you said, Nate, uh, Line A, I think Columbus definitely won the trade. Uh, Line A, I would argue, and I think a lot of people would argue, the guy's not even in his prime yet. He's, what, like 22? But at the same time, he doesn't get a great supporting cast. Like, the top players that are on Columbus are, like, like you got Bjorkstrand, Domi, Atkinson, and, like, a young Texier. Like, he's young. Versus Ehlers, Connor, Wheeler, and Stasny, who's on the opposite end of the spectrum. He's he's aging, but I think it's I think it's kind of funny because both guys wanted to change the scenery, and they basically ended up at the same spot. Like <laughs> Columbus is essentially the American version of Winnipeg, um, <laughs> and Winnipeg is the you could argue is the Columbus of Canada. But on that note, you know. I've been to Winnipeg. I don't know if you guys have, but man, is the concrete business booming in Winnipeg. So if, if Pierre-Luc Dubois does not, if hockey does not work out for him, you know, <laughs> concrete is the next big thing. So oh my God. Yeah. It, 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 it does kind of resemble Chernobyl a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if our it's... listeners out in uh, West Bengal know what Chernobyl is, but it's uh, it's it's not a pretty place. So... Thanks. So uh, now we're not gonna get listeners from there. Yeah, yeah, we're Jesus. gonna we're gonna get listeners from Chernobyl. Yeah, oh like God. I question it because Dubois, like he he said that he wanted to play on a bigger stage, and then he went to a smaller market. So I can't imagine he's gonna be too happy here either. I think because his contract's up this year, but he's an RFA. I think he holds out until he goes to Montreal. I think is probably his number one choice because I believe he's Montreal, from Quebec. Yeah. Yeah, so. I was gonna say Montreal because, you know, he he really likes those those uh, Quebec poutines, poutines. Sorry, for our listeners out in Montreal. Man, you're really just making fun of everywhere. We're not gonna get listeners from <laughs> anywhere else. Thanks, Joe. I'm sabotaging this this podcast. Yeah, clearly, right? Because you got bigger and better things with Joe Rogan, eh? Because no, I'm salty about Joe Rogan. The guy insulted mm, yeah, clearly. me. No, right. I get insulted well, by Joe. I get insulted by Nate. You know. <laughs> I get made I fun of for my gambling addiction. It's just not fair. We're just here to support you, whatever whatever that looks like, okay? Well, Joe, I'm, I hate to break it to you. It's not that great to be salty, so why don't we add a little bit of spice to your night to make you feel a little bit better. We're bringing our first rendition of our new segment, Joe Cant's Spicy NHL Top 7 Power Rankings for the Northern Division. Who do you got, Joe? Uh, at 7 right now, uh, I got Vancouver because... Okay. I think really? They, they they realized they're starting to realize how many holes Markstrom covered up, and losing guys like Toffoli, and even Tanev, uh, it's starting to starting to hurt. So they're still a young core, but I also I, I just I don't like Vancouver. So fair, and they've looked sloppy too. Like like very they sloppy. Haven't, haven't looked good at all. All right, so number six, uh, I got Ottawa. I'm still I'm still holding out that they're uh, <laughs> they're the dark horse in this North Division. Yeah, one and um, one, three and one to start off the season. Dark horse for sure. Yeah, I, I looked at their roster. They're I I know Thomas Shabbat and <laughs> Math and not Matthew Kachuk. What's the discount Kachuk? Discount Walmart version Kachuk. A Brady Kachuk. Yeah, he's same Kirkland thing, brand Kachuk. Yeah, yeah. So I think they're they're young, but they got they do have potential to, uh, and I think that potential could, you know, catch some some of these uh, other teams by surprise. So we'll see. 
That's an exciting team too, eh? They're so fast. Yeah, yeah. they're gonna be they're gonna be good in a couple of years for sure once their guys develop. So, at number five, you know, I got Edmonton because Drysaddle and McDavid. They're basically that entire team's offense. You know, you got you got guys like Yamamoto who they're good supplement guys, but let's be real, their depth is probably the same as a as a kiddie pool. So, <laughs> and their goaltending situation is. <laughs> It's uh, catastrophic. It's, I, honestly, I like I liked watching Edmonton because I like watching McDavid. I think he's a he's a fun guy to watch, and I also like when they when they lose. So, <laughs> at uh, at number four, I got Winnipeg. You know, I think the the loss of Line A kind of hurts their scoring, but um, I think the addition of Dubois gives them tons of depth on center. I mean, you got Shifley at one, Dubois probably at two, and then Stasny, who's like uh, who's a chiseled veteran, as I'd say, he's at three. So, uh, but like like you said earlier, their wing—they basically don't really have a lot of wing depth. So right now, I'd put Winnipeg at four. At number three, uh, I got to go with with the hometown Calgary. You know, they got—I think they're arguably behind. I think honestly, I think they are the most well-rounded team in the division. They got solid goaltending with Markstrom and then Riddick, who. He's a really good pivot. Uh, they have a solid offensive core, and I'm really, really hoping Goudreau just starts popping off, so his trade value just spikes. <laughs> I want him out of here. Yep. And and we all know how good their decor is. Like they're they're young. They're like Giordano's aging, yeah, but he's still a solid top four defenseman. Erasmus Sanderson has looked unbelievable. Yeah, I think he he he's gonna be a guy to watch and definitely throughout the season and then at number two as much as i hate to say it i gotta go with toronto solely based on their record you know number two anderson at eh? number two uh anderson eh, campbell eh, he's yeah. i don't i couldn't i don't know i honestly don't know how good jack campbell is i think he's probably inconsistent he's an but, excellent uh, backup goalie yeah he's a good backup guy but they're we all know how stacked they are on offense, but their their defense is definitely Sus. questionable. Yes, yep. very. Like you got Morgan Riley, he's the only guy that I would say is like noteworthy about that that defense. You know, T.J. Brody, he played here. I'm honestly glad he's out. He's just Turned giving up, up heats as everywhere. Yeah, he's yeah. garbo, man. He's garbo. He's doing what he did here. He gives up the puck, mm. like. If he's on, he's on. But if he's off, man, those are some costly oh, turnovers. Yeah. It, it makes me want to gamble the debt that I'm in. <laughs> Jesus, Joe. And then at number one, uh, solely, again, based on record, I got to go with Montreal. I think the addition of uh, Jake Allen from St. Louis really helps Price not have to stand on his head every night and kind of can give him a break. Um Jeff Petrie kind of continuing where he left off at the end of last season. Uh, Nick Suzuki's a period, or he's coming up as a young stud. And then Tyler Toffoli, he's really rubbing it in uh, Vancouver's face for, he chose to sign with Montreal. So I'm glad he's with Montreal because they're, they're my other Canadian team. And if uh, he was a, a, a Canuck, I would be miserable. <laughs> yeah. He's, I'm glad he's not, he's not here. But you know, 
Well, if I do have to say one thing, I think Toronto. Toronto is probably realistically going to end up first in the division, and they have a chance to make it past the first round of the playoffs. Man, that's, that's because, a spicy take right there. Yeah. Solely because no they, they hey, the they don't have to play Boston in the first round. That is true. They might have, true. have to play the the Habs, though, and they're a wagon, it looks like. That is a good team. Yeah, yeah but young. depending on where the Habs end up. I'm probably going to... I probably have them in number one, too, honestly. What, the Habs or the Leafs? The Habs, no. We'll see. I'd like to see Montreal. I think I think hockey is a better sport when Montreal is doing well. Yeah. Well, folks, that is, uh, that is Joe's spicy top seven power rankings of our Northern Division. We will bring that back weekly as the NHL or NHL season is just getting underway. So if you're looking forward to Joe's spicy takes every week, stay tuned to the end of the episode because that's when they're going to come. Other than that, that is everything for us on episode four. We appreciate you tuning in, listening to us. We are now live on Apple Podcasts, which is super exciting. So if you got the time, give us a five out of five. Leave us a review. We would love to hear the feedback. You know where you can reach us on Instagram at Sports and Stutters. We'd love to, to get you engaged with our content. We'd love to have you along for the ride. But other than that, that's everything for us on episode four. We will see you back next week. And this is Sports and Stutters out.